Lord, we're just so grateful to be in your presence this morning, to be given this opportunity to worship you and be a witness to the world and the community. I just praise, praise your name this morning, Lord. Just lift our voices to you. In Jesus' name.
Well, if you notice that breeze blowing, <laughs> we just prayed that the Lord would begin changing it back to San Clemente weather. <laughs> Blessed be God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory be to God, God on high, and on earth peace, goodwill good towards men. We praise thee, we bless thee, we worship thee, we glorify thee. We give thanks to thee for thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father Almighty. O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the Lord, Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen.
Well, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray together to call it. Grant, O merciful God, that your church, being gathered together in unity by your Holy Spirit, may show forth your power among all peoples to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Isaiah 51, listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. 
Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore for you, who bore you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord will comfort Zion, he will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Listen to me, my people, and give ear to me, O my nation. For law will proceed from me, and I will make my justice rest as a light of the peoples. My righteousness is near, my salvation has gone forth, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands will wait upon me, and my arm they and on my arm they will trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish away like smoke, and the earth will grow old like a garment, and those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will not be abolished. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 138. We'll read responsibly by the whole verse. can be found in your little song sheet. Psalm 138. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. The Lord will protect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning. Our second lesson comes from Romans chapter 12. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, 
are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches, in teaching. He who exhorts, in exhortation. He who gives, with liberality. He who leads, with diligence. He who shows mercy, with cheerfulness. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, that I am the Son of Man? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then Jesus commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. You may be seated. As I was uh, worshiping this morning, the Lord reminded me that we ministered to a larger crowd uh, over the uh, worldwide net and I don't know why this never happened before, but the Lord gave me a prophetic word for uh, Lester and Henrietta. And the, the word is, I am faithful, and you do not have to fear. And I'm with you, and you're going to have a long and prosperous life. We just hold this word up to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, listen, the, the word today that I want to talk to you about is unity. See, that's what we prayed for in the Colette, unity. And so I'm going to use all the passages for today, but I'll never use that word probably again. But what I want to describe for you in the eternal plan of God and his purposes in our lives, it all revolves around this concept of being unified. Okay, so as we go, just keep that in mind. And I want to, again, uh, acclaim uh, Deacon Michael for the wonderful teaching he gave. I've gotten all kinds of wonderful feedback. 
and you've really put me on the spot, by the way. Just remember, he learned it all from me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You. He was one of my students, though, and a fine one he was. So in Isaiah, it says, listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, who you, those of you who seek the Lord. And that's us, and there's an obvious implication here that if you intend to be near him and follow after him, there's a, a level of righteousness that we need to be seeking continually. It says, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole in the pit from which you were dug. A reference, two references. The first one is a reference to, of course, the rock. The rock is the church. The rock was... In the, New T- in the uh, gospel reading this morning, Peter, he referred to Peter's rock. And so depend on whether you have a Catholic persuasion that Peter was the rock or whether you have a more evangelical uh, sense that the rock is the church and Peter is the same as all the other apostles, uh, which I lean towards myself because when he's in John chapter 20, and uh, which it refers to, uh, and he goes in and lays his hands upon them. We'll see that a little bit later. You watch and you'll see he did it to all of them. He didn't just do it to Peter. So whatever that's worth to you. The concept is, though, we're born into sin. The way that you have to come to the Lord is to realize I'm a sinner. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's the way we were born. It was a set-up deal. We had nothing to do with it. It wasn't your mom and dad or your grandparents. They were stuck the same way. It was Adam and Eve. It was the garden experience. We're all familiar with that story, so I won't belabor it because I want to get on here. But thanks be to God, we're reborn as Christians. We're new in a living way. We're a new creation in Christ. And we're admonished to walk more and more in that. Now, in the New Testament reading, especially this morning, that's what Paul's going to be talking about. How do we navigate this journey through life? In the first place, what is the goal? Where are we going? What are we trying to do? And then how do I get through it and grow personally and contribute most in the kingdom? Amen? But it's interesting... uh, as you read the Isaiah passage this morning, that about midway, it turns from an individual thought to a group. And I want you to think of that as the church. Now, in the Old Testament, it was the people, right? It was the one people. He separated a people. They were a people unto him. But even in that, remember that their worship style was very similar to the worship style we have today. They had a particular uh, uh, authority and hierarchy within that, uh, uh, you know, with the high priest, the priest, and uh, all the way through it. They met in a special place. They did special uh, rites and rituals. So it, it was, in that respect, much, much more than any individual relationship with the Lord. What Paul's emphasizing this morning, just keep it in mind till we get there, what Paul is emphasizing, though, is you can't really do this effectively alone. And so whatever this journey is, whatever this call is, whatever this utilization of gifts that God's put in you, Paul tells us, it all has to revolve around a commonality. The purpose is fulfilled 
in us leaning on each other. You just, that's, again, the reason we come together. We come together corporately, and even in this meeting, this corporate meeting that we have, that what's supposed to be occurring and what we're going to be striving to accelerate much, much more in the next coming year are gifts and what you have to bring to the table becoming a participant in what it is we produce here. All right? Just stick with me a minute. Now, there shouldn't be any doubt in anybody's mind who's calling the shots, though. Who holds the world in his hands? It isn't us. It isn't politics. It isn't kings. No. It's the Lord. God Almighty. He holds the whole world in his hand. That tells us a, a, a couple of things, but one of them certainly is that nothing happens that he doesn't allow. A lot of stuff happens that he probably doesn't want. But nothing happens he doesn't allow. The problem is complemented or complicated by the fact that each one of you has your own will. You're a free will, a free moral agent. And so you have to want and purposely submit to Jesus and his plan for your life. And maybe even people he puts in your lives. Parents, for heaven's sakes. Right? And that's how the process just occurs. That's the way it was designed to work, and that's the way it works most effectively. All right, let's go on. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look on the earth beneath. The, the heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will grow old like old garments, and those who dwell in it will die in like manner. But, but, and here's where the, the hope is thrown out to us in Isaiah. He says, my salvation will be forever. Now, he's not talking about the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, their salvation forever. That's obvious. He's God. He's the creator. No, he's talking about you. He's talking about this tremendous hope that you could put in your heart and you could go to the bank on. He holds the whole world in his hand. My salvation will be forever and my righteousness will not be abolished. That's the catch. That's the catch. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And so, sister with salvation comes the thought of righteous. The wonderful thing, though, is that we're not righteous on what we do or strive to become, but we always can default that we are buried with Christ. And we're risen with Christ. And because of that, his righteousness is sufficient. That he died for our sins, sins past, sins present, sins future. Okay. Now the psalm this morning, we, we experience this individual idea of salvation and the godly growth goes on us. As the psalmist writes, And the day when I cried out, you answered me and you made me bold with strength in my soul. And the Lord is, on, although the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly. And that, so that, that kind of goes on in us all the time, hopefully. Sometimes, occasionally, I have to say to somebody, you know, you're a legend, a legend in your own mind. <laughs> but, 
But generally speaking, uh, that's an inferiority complex. Inferiority complex always plays out like a superiority complex. So when people are telling you how great they are, they're probably a little concerned. Well, you don't have to be because you're this wonderful gift that God created. You're this perfect person in his mind. And all we have to do to get where he wants to take us is to cooperate with him. The more we do that, the more we succeed. Amen? Though the Lord is on high, he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. He has a real problem with pride, haughtiness. That's just not where he's spending his time. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. The psalmist is, is reiterating to himself, to the devil, and to the Lord. I know where my salvation comes from. And I'll never forget you, Lord. You'll stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. Our response to that psalm, if it was a responsive psalm, which is an optional deal in our, in our liturgy, would, would have been, our God has revealed his holy arm. Now, the arm, what, what's the arm? The arm dictates strength. What, you do things with your arm. And, and you know, the, the sword, the arm. So, but it's not just a mighty arm. It's a holy, holy arm. And let me just always tell you, holy will always trump mighty. Holy will always trump mighty. So strive to be holy. He says he goes before us and slays our enemies. We don't have to be mighty. Our holiness will make us just that. And the demons, even the demons, fear just the name, just the name of Jesus causes demons to flee. So that brings us to the Romans, where I want to be today. And I'm not going to belabor this because... (laughs) That sun's moving. <laughs> but what, it, what uh, Paul is instructing us here the, the, about the shapes of our salvation and how the growth occurs into a mature, warring Christian soldier as a unit. Okay? As a unit. Now, I said I wouldn't use that word, but it comes with the word unit. If you're really a unit, what's that mean, I that means you and your guys are, amen. All right. While we're diversified in our individuality, we are always to remain as one. One body, although many parts. And he dwells on this. Our individual actions are primarily to aid each other in completing the task that's set before us all corporately which is to build God's kingdom. Jesus came and Jesus established it. The Father, he willed it. And he said, no, this is what we're going to do. And the Holy Spirit is sent to aid and abet us in seeing that that is accomplished. So, how do you do that, Paul? And he writes in 12... Verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. There's that concept again of holiness. 
What's a living sacrifice? That doesn't mean you know the martyrs. No, no, no. I'm talking about a moment-to-moment striving to be holy. We, you know, we all know it when we we blow it in our thoughts, and uh, it's never productive. It's never good. We just do it. But be quick. Be quick. Try and become sensitive to that and to repent. Repent immediately and, and just ask the Lord, Lord, why did I say that? Why did I think that? That isn't true, and that isn't you. And I want to strive to be more and more like you. And so he, he asked us to present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. And in saying it like that, what he's saying is like, what, what, what did you expect, a rose garden? I mean, if you really want to get where you want to go, the only way I'm going to grow you up is an occasional whack and, and teaching you a work ethic, causing you to read and understand who I am, my nature, my rules, my laws. See, all those things are what make us proficient and strong and mighty. And that's what every one of us wants to be. And do not be conformed to this world. You know, there's there's few things, <coughs> excuse me, that the... Uh, that the Lord hates more than the world. And, you know, we see it, uh, we see it so much operating right now. It's, it's like, it, it's, it appears a little scary. But remember, nothing happens that he doesn't allow. He holds the whole world in his hands. He knows it's going on. He might be letting it run out because, you know, what these kind of uh, societal, cultural um, places bring? You know what they usually bring? Revival. Right? (laughs) They bring revival. People get to their wits ends and they cry out and their kids are dying of suicide. And, uh, you know, we got... Large groups of young people out roving like gangsters. See, that's never going to bring them what they're looking for. The wages of sin are death. And so, eventually, what it will bring is revival. But, as a church, our daily opportunity and our daily mission should always to bring that revival. Bring it one by one. Bring it to Everybody that you can. And you'll just be surprised how better you feel, even about yourself, that you're out there working and you're doing that. You just trust me in that. So it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not look to the world. They have no answers to the kind of problems that we are experiencing here. No. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Does anybody have an idea what that concept means? That means sitting here listening to me. And Mike, 
those that come up and bring the word, seek the Lord and bring it, those that teach us the rules, the foundations, our home group leaders, that is the people you individually are going home during the week, getting into the word. You know, if you're having difficulties, are you praying the Psalms? You pray those Psalms. They are powerful. They're powerful. The Proverbs, read the Proverbs and hang on to those. Amen? For I say through the grace given me to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but think soberly. Okay. Now, one of the great, great distractions in this particular day and age is to get you think of anything but God, think, thinking about anything but your fellow man. No, they want you to be thinking about you, that it's all about you. And you know, it's a funny deal because it isn't all about you. Well, it really is, but you're not supposed to act like it is. That's amongst the Trinity, it's all about you. But amongst us, it's all about us giving of ourselves like Jesus gave everything. Jesus gave everything, and he's asking us to step up and give of ourselves to each other. And that creates the synergy that moves the army forward and takes the kingdom. And so Paul challenges us to remain thankful for our salvation. You know, he didn't have to do it. Where does it say anywhere that God had a Savior? No, you didn't have to receive it, and many don't. No, it was a cooperative effort. He loved, so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish. Perish, perish, but have eternal life and salvation. So honestly, it's not about you. It's about the kingdom build out. Think of us as a corporation. Eric can relate to this. It's the build out. We all participate with our gifts for the build out. The build out of the kingdom. Don't make it about you. Your proper conduct, however, will move you along. Like I just said, as you aid me, it will change you, and you will move forward. Because the concept is given, it shall be given unto you. Given, it shall be given unto you. Reap, and you will sow. That's the way the kingdom works. Not just sit around, ask for alms, and you'll get a few. No. You reap, and you'll sow. And that's an action word of doing something, pushing forward. And it will always sow if it's the Lord and his kingdom that you're pushing forward. If it's the person sitting next to you, your children, that you're pushing forward. You can't go wrong. He'll be with you. He'll go before you. And he'll slay the enemies that oppose you. It's always been his plan to build the kingdom. But what we don't often get is that as Paul writes here. For as you have many members in one body, but all the members don't have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. 
Yeah, we're all, in a sense, married or in a covenant relationship. And if you aren't, why aren't you? You know, that's what the ritual that we have of actually becoming a member of the local body, that's what that's all about. He said, no, I, I'm going to become a member. I'm going to become an operative. I'm going to hold my weight, and I'm going to try and help the others who are, have that same common mission to complete it. And you step forward and you make that kind of a vow. Always been God's plan to, for us to build it. Now let's move to Matthew just momentarily. Matthew, we were talking about uh, you know, Jesus and he's ministering along. And then the question comes up, who do, you, who, who do people think I am and who do you guys think I am? And it, it, he says, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And his response to that is, that's a revelation that you got from heaven. That's not something you dreamed up in your mind. It seems a little far-fetched, but I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to prove how true that is. I will <laughs> blow you away, having no idea yet that he's going to even die, let alone rise to new life. Now, he's going to prove it to him, And so he says, but, but I'm not going to build this kingdom. He said, no, he says, on this rock. And so you can see it as the concept of the rock being the church, or you can see on this rock Peter, who was, let's say, first among equals, the, the more Catholic view. Either way is fine. Because there is a rock, it is the church, and upon that, he said, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Now, here's the good part. If you ever have an opportunity to look at my signet ring, I put, there's a mitre up above, because I'm part of the Episcopacy, and on the mitre are keys. And here's where those keys come from. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So here the statement is made that he intends that builders of the kingdom to be given gifts. Now those in authority at different levels, they may have a gift of ruling or oversight, teaching, preaching. But every one of us have gifts. Listen. Jesus establishes the church authority when he speaks that about the binding and the loosing. It's a reference to what he does in John, moving to the book of John, chapter 20, that upper room experience. I've taught on it several times to you, where he comes through the wall. And, he said, and they go, ah! <laughs> and he says, peace, 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 man. <laughs> and he ministered to them. He lays his hands upon them. And that night they went from disciples to apostles. He established the authority of the church in John chapter 20, beginning of verse 17. 
Having then gifts differing according to grace that is given to us, let us use them, Paul writes. What is your gift? Let me, let us help you find what your gifts are. But I guarantee you got gifts. If I haven't established anything this morning, you can certainly see that that's how the deal is done. He uses people, and people can only do it successfully. We're talking about supernatural things, as well as natural. I mean, even the natural thing of knocking on a door and saying, do you know Jesus? He's really the answer to your problems. But (laughs) we expect there to be supernatural manifestations supernatural manifestations not for me or not for all those in black shirts with no for you and I'm challenging you and I'm going to challenge you I'm going to bother you that'll be my role in fact you're not even going to hear me teach or preach much for quite a while I have to start traveling for one thing but but I will be here And I will be encouraging you with vigor to be all you can. Because he's invested so much in you already. And he has so much he wants you to do. Back to Paul. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that was given you, let us use them, he says. If prophecy... Let us prophesy in proportion of our faith. Or ministry, let us use in in our ministering. If it's teaching, teach. Exhortation, exhort. Giving, give. Give. He who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, every one of you are here because you believe with all your heart in Jesus, you believe. You, obviously, you believe in the church experience too. Because if there ever was a time to, you know, have an excuse not to be here, now would be a pretty good time. No, you're here because you're searchers. But I'm telling you, you're so much more than searchers. You, we, we're the answers. We're the answers. We have the gifts. He's given them to us. And as we use them and we exercise them, he will show himself mighty and the kingdom will be built. Amen? Please stand. (coughs) We're going to continue with the prayers of the people. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic church, that we all may be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you, may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons, that they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world, that there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. 
that our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble, that they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest, let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy, to come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Lord, hear the prayers of thy people. And what we ask faithfully, grant that we may obtain effectually to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Peace. 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 Okay.
to help out uh, with society. We, we usually start around 3 o'clock. We need a lot of help unloading tomorrow. So anyone who's got some muscles especially and a good back, that leaves out Ed and me and uh, I don't know who else. Probably most of us older guys. So, uh, But if you're able to come, we'd, be, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, again, right around 3 o'clock, 3.30 would be very helpful. Thank you. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
You know, they had a tabernacle in the wilderness, and uh, <laughs> no matter where the Lord is, His supper is just as good there as anywhere else. And so, listen to me. We welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord right here. It's made ready for those who love Him and those who want to love Him even more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who've been here often and you who've not been here long. You who've tried to follow and you who failed. Come. Because it's the Lord who invites you. It's His will that those who want Him should meet Him here. So you come this morning and receive His body and blood. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. You're not too good at this. <laughs> See, he's progressed beyond this. Asked him to come back. All right, we lift him up to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Give Phil a hand too. <laughs> Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that's made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we'll proclaim your mighty works, for you called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. So with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory. And we join in their unending hymn of praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you're holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, a death he freely accepted. He took bread, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Later, when supper was ended, he took the cup again. He gave thanks and praise. He gave it to them, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread and the saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world and make us grow in love, together with our patriarch Craig and all of our clergy. Especially remember those who are sick and firmed in spirit, soul, or body, Lord. We hold up Olivia and Connie and Susan and Carl, Serena and Naomi and Rachel and Nadia, Kyle, Sonja, Sandra, Maria, Karen, David and Darcy and Tammy and Thomas and Cade, Kavina family, Wayne and Spence, Michael, Sherry, the Zanders family, Liz, the Marines and Sailors at Camp Pendleton, Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and the saints who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and we have courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Amen. Body of Christ.
blood of Christ. The body of Christ. The body and blood of Christ. There you go. You're ready.
There's uh, more than one person uh, present even, but maybe out there in the World Wide Web too, that uh, God really uh, moved on this morning. That was God, and I want to uh, invite you to celebrate today. This is the first day to rest your life. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father. You've graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. As you leave, remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling. That's what he does every day. That's what it always is about. Every morning when I start with a confession of sin in my own life, it's a reconciling act on God's part to receive it and forgive me and move me on, to establish me and set me forward. The blessings of God Almighty be with you and remain with you. Not today, not tomorrow, always. Praise becomes my breakthrough. 
Sing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.